This episode is supported by Earn In. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn now can be in your hands today with Earn In. EarnIn is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Super, super easy to use. You just download the EarnIn app and verify your paycheck. Then you can access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. So the app is free. You can leave a tip if you want. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So here's the thing. Sometimes getting close to your next paycheck, next pay period, and you realize, oh gosh, like paycheck doesn't come until next Friday, but we have this event that we need to attend this weekend and we need money for it. Or we have to buy a gift for someone. Or, oh my gosh, like my kid tore through their shoes and now we have to buy new shoes this weekend and the money's not in the bank yet. So Earning can help you access the money you've already earned at work by giving you this little bit of money in advance. So make Earnin part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security, and it gives me a lot of peace of mind. So for our listeners, all you need to do is download Earn In today. It's spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, and you can download it in Google Play or the Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, type in Shameless Mom under podcast when you sign up. So there'll be a little place where you can, where it says, what podcast did you hear about them on? Type in Shameless Mom under podcast. This helps to show support for our show and our advertisers. Earn In is a financial technology company, not a bank, and subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust member FDIC. This is the Shameless Mom Academy episode 369. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the episode, as well as any discount codes from our sponsors can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 369. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms tools, resources, and a little bit of humor to help you lead more positive, powerful, and purposeful lives every damn day. One of the best things about the Shameless Mom Academy is our community, so be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other shameless moms just like you. You can find us over at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Hello, shameless moms. Happy Monday. Okay, so I think no matter where you are now, we're all back in school, right? I know for some of you, this started like a month ago. And for others, it just started a few days ago. I'm in the latter where it just started a few days ago. So it's still very new and exciting. And what I wanted to do with this episode in particular is do a little bit of a recap of lessons I learned from my summer goal. So my summer goal was to embrace adventure over chaos because I knew going into the summer, it was our first summer without full-time childcare. And I knew going into the summer that it was going to be a struggle for me because I don't do well with unpredictability. I am not a super adaptable person as much as I want to be and as much as I try to be. So I struggle when things are constantly changing. And I also struggle with having to be like live in reactive mode long term. And so I will tell you, I went into the summer really conscientious of my mindset around this. And I want to share with you how I started the summer off, how things actually went and lessons learned, because I think all of it is important. And I think this is all stuff that will be 
lessons and words of wisdom, I think that will be impactful for any of you in particular who maybe manage anxiety on a regular basis or identify as being like high achiever type A and really like to control all the things raising my hand right over here on all that, because I'm definitely that person. I think that it's really valuable for us to go through phases that feel maybe trying or difficult or challenging, even if we're working on having a really great mindset through the whole thing, and really focusing on the data collection and the outcomes at the end. So not looking back in a critical way to say like, oh man, I didn't do a great job there, but looking back and saying, okay, here's what worked, here's what didn't, here's what I now know based on the facts, rather than getting caught up in like, I'm a bad mom because I struggled all summer, (laughs) which I could definitely take that on if I wanted to. So let me fill you in kind of on how this summer started for us. So We kicked off, Vinny got out of school the middle of June, middle to end of June, actually, it was closer to the end of June. And going into that, I had six trips in seven weeks in May and June. So I was kicking off summer already from a place of exhaustion and overwhelm. And I knew that it was only going to get worse. And I want to say like, it wasn't exhaustion and overwhelm in the worst sense. Like we had done a lot of really big, fun, amazing things. So I had done a few trips that were girls trips to celebrate different milestones in friends' lives. We had gone to Portugal as a family. I had done some work travel. So these were all really cool things. I had gotten to travel for a speaking engagement. So there were some really awesome things in there, but I had this pretty intense phase of travel immediately followed by summer schedule. And so I did not come into summer schedule feeling like I'm super rested and recharged and ready to like take it as it comes. I was kind of starting from like, I'm already craving normalcy. And now I have to embrace about 10 weeks of non-normalcy. So my mindset around that, which I feel like I was very successful with as I approached this, was deciding I have to frame this in a way where I can be positive and start off positive and maintain a positive mindset and headspace around this summer and around the fact that like, I am someone who thrives on routine, thrives on schedules, thrives on predictability, thrives on things being pretty much the same as much as possible. And I don't have a lot of that this summer. And I also have a child who thrives on all of that. And he's not going to have a lot of that this summer. So I went into it telling myself over and over again that this summer I will embrace adventure over chaos because it would be easy for me to look at the summer and feel a lot of anxiety around the chaos that every week was a different plan. Like literally every single week this summer, we had a different plan in terms of a camp or only having half of a week of childcare or having shortened days of childcare or being out of town for three of the five days during the week. So every single week had a different limitation. And limitation is a negative way to say it, I would say, but every week had it had a different schedule. So which to me, when I looked at it initially at the onset felt like a limitation, because I like to look at my schedule and notice like, where do I have all the time? And I like to look at my schedule and be like, where can I find blocks of time and space that belong to me? And when I looked at my schedule for the summer, there wasn't a lot of that at all. It was really challenging. So I went into it saying, I'm going to embrace adventure over chaos. And I literally made a list of all the things I was excited about. And I looked, we had a bunch of trips planned. So I think we went out of town like five or six times. A lot of them were just little, you know, three or four day things at a time, kind of more like long weekends. 
but I was really excited about every single one of those things. And so what I decided was I'm going to be really excited for all of those adventures that we're having because I literally was looking forward to all of them. And then I'm also going to be really excited about the times in between, the times in between where I do have, you know, a few days of camp or a few days of childcare where I can hunker down and get some work done and be really hyper-focused there. So I went into that feeling really good about it. And I want to encourage any of you when you're looking ahead at a season that's going to be really challenging, overwhelming, where you feel, because I do think we have seasons like this. Like I'm not generally someone who's all about embracing the hustle, but I think there's seasons where life is a hustle. And sometimes we have to figure out a way to wrap our minds around that in order to push through it and be successful in terms of, you know, however you want to define success at the end of it. And so I did a great job. I'll give myself some credit there, some props for I did a great job really wrapping my head around like a positive mindset and being very excited at the onset. And I maintained that mindset for quite a while and really looked from one week to the next in terms of, okay, like this is my time for myself this week where I get to work. This is our time where we're doing family things or where I'm doing things with Vinny and felt really good about all that. As the weeks played out, what became really challenging for me and this I did not expect. So one of the first things that was really hard on me not to make it all about me because it definitely impacted my child as well, was having him change care providers every week. So every week that he went to a different camp, it was just like integrating into a new system and having new primary caretakers and having new people in charge of the rules and the expectations. Oftentimes he was doing that without maybe with one friend, sometimes with no friends, where he was being dropped off at a camp situation and didn't know other kids. And so he handled it so well. There was only one time where I dropped him off and he was tearful and he was like, I don't want to stay. I'm nervous. And then like, I felt horrible because I really felt the impact of my decision-making for the summer and my decision-making around having him do so many different camps because I felt the need to work. I'm not someone who experiences a lot of mom guilt. I definitely felt some mom guilt in that moment. And that was a hard moment for me. And what's interesting is he literally was like tearful for a few minutes. I sat with him. I helped him make friends with another little boy who was also feeling really shy that morning. The mom and I kind of bonded. And then I left him for that day and he ended up having a great day and the rest of the week was fine. But a few weeks after that, he went to a different camp where he didn't know anyone and he handled it really, really well. But I had that feeling of like remembering that one experience of him a few weeks prior getting dropped off and feeling tearful and a little nervous. And I just thought, oh my gosh, I'm requiring a lot of this child this summer. And he is totally taking it like a champ, but it's a lot. It's I could not have handled it at his age, I don't think. I was just never in that situation. I was a kid who had like the same caretakers my entire life. I was so lucky. My mom was a teacher, so she had summers off. So I just never had to do this jumping between childcare providers, especially in the summertime. So as we got deeper into the summer, I struggled with like, no, we're going to go to this thing with all these people that you don't know and teachers you don't know. And yay, <laughs> like trying to put on a brave face for him. So that was one of the things that started to wear on me. Another thing that really started to wear on me by the end was I felt like I was very much living in reactive mode by the end of the summer. And so most of the summer, up until like the last few weeks, I kept saying like, I'm going to give myself a B. I was like grading myself the whole summer. Neutral grading, like not judging myself, but just like, how am I doing on this? This episode is supported by Air Doctor. 
You probably don't know that Americans take in about 20,000 breaths per day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors. The indoor air that we breathe can be up to 100 times more polluted than outdoor air, according to the EPA. Indoor air pollutants can cause upper respiratory symptoms like sneezing, coughing, congestion, scratchy throat, and even more serious health problems like lung and heart disease. So what's the solution? Introducing Air Doctor, the air purifier that filters out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants so your lungs don't have to. This includes allergens, pollen, pet dander, dust mites, mold spores, and even bacteria and viruses. I am so excited that we just got our own Air Doctor for our house, and we will have it all up and running and ready to go in time for all the things that come with spring weather, but also smoke season, which is just around the corner for those of us in the Pacific Northwest. And I know many of you across the country. So here's how you can get your own Air Doctor. First of all, Air Doctor comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. Head to airdoctorpro.com and use the promo code SHAMELESS and you'll receive up to $300 off of air purifiers. Exclusive to our podcast customers, you will also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock in this special offer by going to airdoctorpro, A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com and use the promo code SHAMELESS. That's airdoctorpro.com, code SHAMELESS. This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and they're specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30 day money back guarantee and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listeners, can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. And so I was like, the whole summer until the middle of August, I think I was like, I'd give myself about a B plus. I am taking it as it comes. I'm looking for the windows of like, where do I have the opportunity to be the most productive while Vinny's in camp? When he's not in camp, I'm really taking advantage of like, what are the fun things that we're doing as a family? Just him and I, or having some other friends involved. Like just, I felt like I was doing a good job. And then about mid-August, I felt like, okay, I'm starting to feel like I'm living in this reactive space 
for too long. And what I mean by that is I was, rather than being able to look at my schedule in a broad sense and see like, okay, here's where I'm working and here's where Vinny's in camp and here's where all this predictability and control lies. It was feeling way more like I was waking up in the morning and thinking like, okay, I have two hours to work here and then I have to pick him up and then I have to do this and then I'm going to do that. And it just felt like it was catching up with me, this constant shifting and transitioning from week to week and sometimes from day to day in terms of what the schedule was. And what I realized is I am just a very proactive person and I thrive on predictability and I thrive on knowing what's next. And so not having control over, you know, I had control in scheduling the summer, but feeling like I didn't have a lot of options in terms of having to adjust my schedule every single week. And my husband does not have a very flexible work schedule in comparison. So feeling the brunt of that by the end, I struggled. So I would say by the middle to end of August, instead of saying like, I'm going to give myself a B plus on embracing adventure over chaos, I was more like, I'm going to give myself a C. And by the time when he went back to school, I was like, we're at a D now. We're at a solid D. And for us, we didn't start school till after Labor Day. And so it was the last couple of weeks just felt kind of like I was rolling downhill. And what was interesting about that is the last day of summer, so the day after Labor Day, then he went back to school on the Wednesday after Labor Day. So the day after Labor Day, I felt like I was going to lose it. And what's so funny is like, I had felt like we were so close to the end of summer for so long. And that last day I had a bunch of coaching calls. Vinny wanted to sit on my lap and color while I was on these calls. And he's like going to be seven in a few weeks. And he's in like the 90th percentile for height. And I mean, the child is way too big to be sitting on my lap and coloring. And it was so disruptive and so distracting, but I was trying to be really patient and recognizing that like he's going back to school and he's a little bit nervous about that. So I'm trying to give him the space to be nervous, but it just all felt like this is all coming at the expense of my own sanity right now. Like I have been like holding on by a thread for a few weeks now. So it definitely caught up to me over time. At the end of the summer, what I wanted to do was look back and go into data collection mode. So this is what I've been doing the last few days is really going back into data collection mode. And I think anytime you go through a transition, this is really, really important to do where you go through a situation, a transition and experience, and you look at what worked, what didn't work. And from a neutral standpoint, how can I take note of those things. So, so that next time I'm faced with a situation like this and, or heading into a season like this, how can I be better prepared or how can I set myself up for success? Because it's this constant learning and growing, right? Things are constantly changing. I think I've shared before, I had one of my best friends when Vinny was a tiny baby, I kept on talking about wanting to get him on a schedule. And he was like two weeks old when I was saying this, like he was teeny tiny. And I was like, when do we start the schedule? Like, when is it? Does it start tomorrow, next Wednesday, like Sunday at six? Like, when is the schedule starting? And all these people were like, yeah, like newborns don't have a schedule. Nice try, like dream on. And one of my friends said, she was like, okay, so one of the biggest challenges of motherhood is that every time you get it figured out, it only stays that way for like maximum three months and then it shifts again. And so she's like, you're expecting that like you're going to start this schedule and your life is going to be set. It's only going to be set for a few weeks and then it just all changes again. And she told me this and I was like crushed, devastated because <laughs> I had been thinking as soon as I can put together the schedule, it'll be like the magic formula for peace of mind, right? <laughs> and she's like, oh, don't even like let yourself believe that for a minute. She set me straight real quick. 
And so this is so true. And this is very much the case as it still is that everything is a season. And I mean, when you look at like your kids' sports schedules, when you look at your work seasons, when you look at all the things, it's all of it is just a few weeks or to a few months at a time, right? We're constantly cycling through all this stuff. And so it's really important that when we get through a season, we do the data collection to recognize, okay, what do we want to do differently next time? How can we make it better? How can we be more proactive? Because the goal is always to be in a less reactive space. Because when we're in a less reactive space, we do have more power, more strength, we're more capable. We can be more strategic about how we engage and how we operate. And that totally impacts the outcome. It impacts our peace of mind and our sanity throughout the process, but it also impacts outcomes. We get the outcomes that we want when we are proactive and we plan ahead and we strategize, right? So whether we're talking about, you know, a professional sense or personal sense or your summer schedule or your fall schedule, in any context, that's going to be the truth and that's going to be the case. Anytime we can be more proactive, we are going to have more power over the outcome and more power over our mental health, right? So... What I decided when I looked back is that we had a lot of fun. We made a ton of memories, so much adventure. I mean, this kid is living his best life. I look back at what I did every summer. Like I went on one family vacation a year where we drove from Seattle to Spokane, which is about a five hour drive. And we stayed in Spokane for like a week or two with my grandma and my aunts and uncles and cousins, which was super fun. I loved it. But that was my one thing that I did every year. I mean, my child did like six times that this summer. And he went all over. He was in Lake Tahoe and Cannon Beach. And we went to Spokane. The kid was all over the place. We went camping up on Orcas Island. So he got to do a ton of cool stuff. He got to do more stuff in one summer than I did in all of my summers cumulatively growing up. And so he is an extremely lucky child. And we are so lucky that we have so many amazing resources. You know, all of those things I just mentioned outside of Lake Tahoe were places that we could drive within a few hours of our house. And so we got to do really fun things because of where we live and because of the resources that we have right outside our door. And so that was really, really awesome. Like the blessings in that, and none of that is lost on me. It's probably totally lost on my child at this point. He has no idea. <laughs> if someone could tell him how lucky he is, please. Because <laughs> um, he doesn't seem to acknowledge it when I tell him. So definitely like massive win for adventure, massive win for family fun time, quality time, making memories, all those kinds of things. So when I look at that in terms of my data collection, I can feel really, really good about that and feel so grateful that I have this work schedule that is so flexible that we could do all those things. I know a lot of moms who had to have their, and a lot of families where their children were in full-time care all summer, going from one camp to another every single week, you know, five days a week, full-time care, doing a camp, and then the aftercare part of the camp as well, because they have parents who have to work full-time nine to fives. And so I by no means want to minimize anyone else's experience. And I definitely want to make sure that I recognize how lucky and blessed this summer experience was for us. So that's the first thing. The first thing to acknowledge always, always is the gratitude and the opportunity and the memories made. Now, all that said, there were definitely things that felt super experimental and kind of unsuccessful. <laughs> so being at a different camp every week, we won't do that again. That didn't feel good. And it felt like unnecessary stress on everyone. It felt like unnecessary amounts of transitions. So we won't do that again. We'll definitely have a different plan next summer. One of the struggles of that for me, so of course there was, you know, it was a struggle for my child to adapt every week, although he did really well with that. 
But one of the struggles for me was just the prep and transition of every week. Like every camp has different rules, expectations, like where's the drop off? Where's the pickup? What t-shirts do they need to wear? Like, do you bring your own sunscreen? Do they supply sunscreen? Do they need snacks? Do they need food? I mean, like just the logistics of that every week to figure that out every single week was a lot. So that part of the experiment did not feel good. Another thing that was a struggle was every week I had modified work hours and This was a struggle, but I will say I did really well with it. And so it was a struggle. I did really well, and it completely wore me out. Every week was different in terms of when I got to work. And I want to say that if you're a high achiever kind of person, you like working. And so I like to be engaged in my work, and I like to be working on what's coming next. And when I say what's coming next, I want to be working on like what's happening in a month, in six weeks, in eight weeks. And this summer, I was very much in the moment. Like I'm working on what's happening today and what's happening tomorrow. And I can't look past that. And that felt very uncomfortable to me and actually created a lot of anxiety because I felt like I was just working five minutes in front of my face all the time. And I wasn't looking out to the future. I wasn't able to plan ahead because I just didn't have the bandwidth to do it. And that was extremely hard for me. So I know going into next summer, I will plan around that differently. I will probably do a lot more batch stuff in the spring so that I have things set up for the summer in a better way so that I'm not having to live five minutes in front of my face next summer so that I'm not having to like record stuff for today that needs to go live tomorrow because that feels really awful to me. And here's what happens when I'm living five minutes in front of my face, when I'm in that super reactive space, I'm very distracted and cranky and impatient in motherhood and in marriage. And like, nobody's happy. (laughs) Nobody's happy when mama is impatient and distracted. And so I spent a lot of the summer, I felt like kind of always trying to think ahead of like, okay, as soon as Vince gets home from work, then I can work on this. Or when Vinny's in bed, then I can do this. Or I can get up tomorrow morning at five and work on this. And it just felt like I was constantly looking for these little pockets of time because I needed something that needed to be done like in the next 24 to 48 hours. And that felt really, while I don't mind doing that every now and then, to be doing that for two months felt very exhausting. And so that's where I think that caught up with me by the end of summer, that I'm not someone who thrives in that environment. So I want you to think about if you're someone who's living five minutes in front of your face and you're always looking for like, okay, where do I get my next pocket of 10 minutes or two hours where I can do this thing that needs to be done in the next day or two? That is not a way to live. And that's not a strategy for growth. And that's not a strategy for success at all. That might be a strategy for like, getting things done. And it might be a strategy for the next accomplishment on your list, but that cannot be a long-term game plan. And so regardless of your personality type, you need to have some structure around strategy and growth and strategy and execution. And it should not involve being in this hyper reactive five minutes in front of your face, like just doing the next bare minimum thing that needs to get done because it's due in an hour or two hours or in 24 hours. So that was a big lesson for me was too much time spent in reactivity and too much time trying to figure out like, when is my next window and recognizing how impatient I got and how distracted I was because there was so many times when I felt like I couldn't enjoy things fully or really be in the moment because I was thinking of something that I needed to get home to do. There was times where we were you know, on trips or on vacation where I was literally like 
chomping at the bit to get back to my laptop because I was like, oh, I just feel like I'm super behind and I need to have this thing ready and we need to make sure that this thing's up and running. And that piece was really challenging for me. So that was really good data collection for me that I need to know for next summer that if I want to have blocks of time off that I need to be more proactive in terms of how I line my summer up and how I plan my work in advance and really work on getting the bulk of that done in the spring. This episode is supported by Nutrafol. Did you know that hair thinning will happen to approximately one in two women? If you're among them, you are not alone. Thinning hair is normal, but it's not openly talked about, so it can feel lonely and frustrating and sometimes even embarrassing when you're going through it yourself. Join the over one million people who are doing something about their thinning hair with Nutrafol. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist-recommended hair growth supplement with over one million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster-growing hair with less shedding. Oh my gosh, I am a heavy shedder, so if you are a heavy shedder, or if you are someone who's wanting to thicken your hair, I definitely want you to try out Nutrafol. I have loved using it myself, and I know multiple other people who've used it and have found great results. While many supplements rely solely on ingredient studies, Nutrafol clinically tests final formulations to ensure their efficacy. In a clinical study, 86% of women reported improved hair growth after taking Nutrafol women's hair growth supplement for six months. To get started, you can take their hair quiz on Nutrafol.com, which will give you a personalized health plan based on your special root causes. Nutrafol is committed to helping you identify root causes of any shedding or hair loss so that you can really start to rebuild healthy hair in a way that is customized to you. So take the first steps to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code SHAMELESS. Find out why 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Go to Nutrafol.com. That's N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code SHAMELESS. Nutrafol.com, code SHAMELESS. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily, It's very digestible, and the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Urtube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around, like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explained. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. Okay, so another part of this was know thyself. So one of the things I know about myself is, like I already said, I like to be engaged in my work and I like to be working on the next thing. And I don't like to just be caught up in what's happening right now. 
and not having done any work beyond that because that feels very stressful for me. So I'm the kind of person in school who when a paper was assigned, I would go start working on it right away. That didn't mean like I had it ready to turn in the next day, but I was like, oh, if this paper is due in three weeks, I'm going to go write an outline tonight. I understand that that is completely nerdy and dorky, (laughs) but this is how I operated growing up. And it's still to some extent, if I know something is hanging over me, like I want to get to work now. I want to at least get a little bit of it under my belt so that I have a sense of what I need to do and how long it's going to take and what like kind of the energy required for the output that's going to be necessary. So that's really important to me. And I like to be engaged in that way. I like to be working on what's next. That eases anxiety and it gives me a sense of control. And so knowing thyself, like I already knew this about myself, but this summer was a great reminder. Another piece of know thyself is that I require a lot of recharge time and I had very, very little of that this summer. And so one of the components of this, I actually learned this in getting to know my personality type a little bit better, but I require space and recharge time. And part of that is by knowing my Myers-Briggs profile. And part of that is by knowing my Enneagram profile. So I've known my Myers-Briggs profile. I'm I'm an ENFJ for those of you who know Myers-Briggs. And I'm just learning Enneagram. And I think I'm a one. I need to do a more formal testing of it and assessment, but I'm pretty sure I'm a one, which is the perfectionist, which I do not say with pride because when I read the description, it was like a sucker punch. I was like, oh gosh, that's not really what I want to be. This is not flattering. (laughs) Like we are very critical and judgy. And no, I was like, no, I don't want to be that. But oh, as I was reading it, I was like, think that might be my thing. So know thyself. I require a lot of recharge time. And when I don't get that, I get very physically, mentally, emotionally drained. And again, I go to that place of distraction and like distraction and impatience and crankiness. And it impacts the people I love the most. So none of you saw it. You didn't see it in the podcast. You didn't see it in my Facebook lives. You know who saw it? My husband and my kid. (laughs) They saw me in those spaces. So know thyself. I need recharge time. And I started building that in a little bit more toward the end of the summer where I would tell my husband, I'd be like, okay, like I'm going to leave for three hours on Saturday because I need some space. And I would literally like go sit at a restaurant and work And part of my work would be like, I'm scrolling Facebook (laughs) or I'm like posting pictures from when we were on vacation or whatever. Like I just need space. So that recharge time is really, really valuable to me. And that's where I like process and think. And one of the struggles for me this summer with having so much time with Vinny is that I think he's going to be a pretty strong extrovert and an external processor. So he is constantly talking mostly about Pokemon, which I don't care at all about, nor do I understand anything about it. And when he's constantly talking, my internal dialogue, like I can't complete a thought. And that becomes very overstimulating to me to be trying to like think something through in my head while he's trying to externally process to me and just talk my face off about Pokemon. So exhausting. So, so exhausting to me. So knowing thyself, I require a lot of recharge time and I did not build that in. So I need to do a way better job of that next summer. So here's what helped as I was working through the summer. And here's what can help for you if you are coming into a busy season or next time you have a busy season on the horizon. So first thing, keeping up with my morning routine helped a ton. I was really good about keeping up with my morning routine. So when we were in town, every single day I got up, I did my morning routine, I did my workouts. I was pretty good about my journaling. I probably did it like 80% of the time, writing out affirmations, writing out my daily action steps, those kinds of things. That helped me a lot. 
The other piece that helped a lot, let me add one more component to that. In having that morning routine, every day I was able to set myself up for success on some level because I gave myself that space in the morning to get focused on what I needed to get done that day. So that really did help me. And that did ease anxiety every single morning. So I would often kind of wake up in this lurch of like, Oh gosh, what do I need to do? And how am I going to get it done? And then I would go through my morning routine and immediately feel way more at ease and way more confident about being able to get it done. So for those of you who have not implemented a morning routine, I cannot stress how powerful this is. And I have a free resource for you where you can download my 15 minute manifest. It's a 15 minute morning routine. You can actually make it even shorter than that if that helps you. But it's really powerful in setting you up for framing your day for success. So you can get that if you just go to shamelessmom.com forward slash 15mm as in minute manifest. So 15mm for 15 minute manifest. And that will really help you frame your day in just a few minutes, but in a powerful, powerful way. And that helped me a ton. So I stuck with that. The other thing is modifying and managing expectations helped a lot. So I, again, I knew going into the summer, I knew it was going to be a different experience than what I was used to. And so I really worked on my mindset around it. And I told myself like, we're embracing adventure over chaos, adventure over chaos. And I modified my expectations. And there was a lot of weeks where I was like, okay, I know that I'm not going to get all the things I want to get done accomplished this week. So what am I going to prioritize? What are like the two things I need to do to move the needle? And so I would look and be like, okay, here's what I need to do. Like, you know, we're doing a launch of Momentum Mamas. So that needs to get done. And I need to build out content for Tenacious Mamas. And so then I'm looking at like, where do I need to be focusing the most of my time to make sure that I'm growing, evolving, and having the best, most positive, most powerful impact in the best places when my hours are super limited. And then the last part, what helped, the third piece that helped was having fun on the horizon and really focusing on the adventure pieces. And so there was a lot, I mean, it was like every week or every other week where we had something fun on the horizon. And so what I really, really focused on doing was being hyper-focused, hyper-productive when I had those windows. So, you know, on a week where maybe Vinny was in camp Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then we were going to go somewhere for Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I was really looking at, okay, nose to the grindstone Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then super excited for the fun the rest of the week and really embracing that fun. So that helped a ton. I should also say, I asked for more help this summer. I was way more vocal about asking for help from my husband. So a lot more of like, hey, I'm not going to the store in the middle of the day. Like normally if I'm going to run to the store, it's like in the middle of the day when no one's there. And instead I was like, I'm not going to the store during the day. So can you stop on your way home? There was more Instacarting of groceries. There was more asking him to do pickups and drop-offs and grocery store runs and things like that. There was more asking for support on the weekend, just a lot more of asserting my needs and being really clear like, Hey, I only get like two days to work this week. So I'm going to need extra help and really noticing that every week. And that actually resulted in me recognizing that I don't do that enough. And so as a result of that, we implemented family meetings. And I talked about that in last week's episode. So go back and listen to episode 367 if you want to know how we're implementing family meetings. Because what I recognized is because I'm home during the day, I take on a lot more than I need to, even though I still work full time. Like I am definitely working every minute that Vinny's in school, but yet I put a lot of pressure on myself. Well, because I'm home, I should be the one doing this and that and the other thing. And when I look at that from like a when I step back and look at it, I know in my rational mind, that's not true, that 
I'm working full time and I don't really need to be doing all these things. But when I'm in it in the moment, I'm like, oh, I'll just do it really quick. I'll just do it really quick. I'll just do it really quick. And those, you know, multiple do it really quick tasks in a day really cut into my work time and cut into my focus and productivity. And so having my work time be so truncated this summer really made me see where I need to like step back in a bigger way and have my family more engaged on a regular basis. And so our family meetings now, we're using those times for everyone to get more involved, everyone to get more engaged, everyone to make more decisions because I do not want to be in charge of all the decisions. I do not want to be in charge of all the planning or all the execution and implementation. So that's been really helpful as well. We just started that, but that's feeling really, really good. And as a result, my husband, even last night, he was like, I feel like I learned how to cook a lot more things this summer. And I was like, yes, you did. And isn't it amazing? I was like, you're such a great, like if I flatter him, he'll love it. Right. So I'm like, yes, you are such a great cook. Who knew? Like we are all loving this so much. So that's been actually like really helpful for everyone for me to assert myself more and him to be like, oh, as it turns out, I can totally cook. So that's been awesome. So that's what's helped just to kind of reiterate what's helped. So as you're going into busy season, what I think is helpful is keeping up with a morning routine because that helps you frame your day and get focused for the day, modifying and managing expectations as you go, noting the fun. So anticipating adventure, definitely, definitely one of them rather than like, oh, I can only get, you know, this minute, this much time to do the things I really need to do instead of looking at like, okay, I have this much time to be focused and work. And then I have this time over here to have fun. And then lastly, again, asking for help and support and really being assertive in that and really being assertive with your partner, because here's the thing. Our partners want to be supportive of us. And many of us type A control freak kind of mamas like myself, we take on the role of gatekeeper. And I talked about this in my interview with Darcy Lockman recently. She talked about it, about maternal gatekeeping, where we really like, we withhold information from our partners, sometimes subconsciously even, because we we're like, we got it. I can do it best. I'll just take care of it. But then we get to this breaking point of like, I'm so cranky that I'm responsible for all this stuff and it feels unfair and unjust and I'm done with it. So really pushing ourselves to be assertive in making our needs known can be really, really helpful. So I hope this was helpful for you. I would love feedback. So definitely participate in the conversation over on Facebook, over on Instagram, and let me know what your biggest ahas were from this episode. And just let me know, How do you embrace adventure over chaos? What was the summer like for you? How are you kicking off a new season? This can be a stressful time of year coming into a new season, kids and school routines and sports and all those kinds of things. So I would love to know where you're at so we can all continue to support each other. All right. Have a fantastic week. Thank you so much for joining me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I really, really appreciate you being here and I hope you learned something new. As always, this conversation will be continued over in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook to connect with other shameless moms just like you. Additionally, if this is your first time listening to the show, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday with a brand new episode. So make sure you subscribe, go to whatever podcast app you use and subscribe to the show. So you never miss an episode. You can do that directly. If you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review, that will put you in Apple podcasts where you can click on the subscribe button and you can also leave a review. If you scroll down a little bit, you can leave a five-star review. You can write a few sentences, letting me know what you thought about the show. If you let me know how the show has impacted you in becoming a more shameless mom, you might be nominated to be shameless mom of the week. 
Also, please share this episode. My goal is to help more mamas be more shameless every damn day. So please do share this episode. You can take a screenshot of the episode on your phone and then share it out on social media. Tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy on Facebook or Instagram. I'm quick to reply and eager to send you Facebook love and love to be connected to all of you. So again, thank you for being here. I can't wait to be back here again with you in just a couple days. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, whew, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us.